Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 198 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to just take a quick 17 and a half seconds to tell you about the Simply Profitable Design Summit that I am a part of. The summit is coming up between March 23rd and 27th, and there are 30 plus experts speaking at this summit. The best part, tickets are free. Free! If you want to learn more ways to simplify your design business and make it more effective and more profitable, sign up for the Simply Profitable Design Summit, where like I said, there is 30 plus experts that will be sharing actionable strategies that you can implement in your design business, your freelance business, your designs right away. Free ticket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Head to summit.davetalksprint.com. Again, that is summit.davetalksprint.com. So today's guest, today's guest. Today's guest is Santosh Chawla. He is the senior graphic designer at Affinity Creative Group out of Oakland, California. They specialize in that wine and spirits and packaging game, which I freaking love. During this episode, we talk about his experience and being in the game for 16 years now. We also get into why and how he specialized in the wine and spirits world. We talk about early influences like He-Man toys and old school toy packaging. We also talk about early creative life in India. Before coming to North America, how and why he came out to North America, and the rest is history, my friends. We also talk about the album cover art that he saw and was just so excited about, and it just stuck with him since. He also shares with us the watch brand that he looks up to because of their design and their sort of minimalism approach and how he takes that to his designs. We talk about print stuff, like unique print techniques that help him make these wine and spirit labels and packaging that he creates stand out like crazy. He shares a couple of specific ones with us. One I'll tell you about, which uh, was a label design that was inspired by his honeymoon in Italy. We then talk about the struggle to find balance between that sort of digital and real world inspiration. You don't want to be stuck in like the trenches of Instagram or, or Pinterest. You know, get out there, the real world, go for a walk, see what's out there, go to art shows, that sort of thing. He then tells us about a press check that he was a part of for a label project that went sideways, why and how it was handled. And right around near the end, he shares with us the design that he created that was launched at the Detroit Auto Show. Pretty freaking cool. That's a big event. And to have your creative launched at that kind of a show, that sort of, you know, thing that gets that kind of media attention, pretty damn cool. So if you didn't notice, I'm going to warn you now, this episode is a bit of a longie, a quickie-ish. Um, Santosh is a print guy. I'm a print guy. I dove deeper into some of those print stories, those press check stories, those print design stories. But also, Santosh has 16 years in the design game. That is lots of stories and lots of knowledge to drop and share with you guys. So uh, I apologize in advance. It's a bit of a quickie-ish, but... Man, this is a gem of an episode. So ladies and gentlemen, let's dive into this one. My guest, Santosh Chawla. Here we go. (laughs) 
Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Santosh, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, I'm super happy to have you here. But uh, before we get going, are you ready for a quickie? Let's do this. Perfect. I'm going to start with a really tough question here. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Oh, about myself. Okay. <laughs> um, my name is Santosh Javla. Uh, I'm a graphic designer. And I've been a designer for about 16 years, mainly in the wine and spirits industry. Love it. Um, seven out of which have been with Affinity Creative Group. Um, I'm also a automotive enthusiast. Nice. And I think I can call myself from a budding sneakerhead. I'm still getting into sneakers now, but you know it's still very new. And uh, something I'm really deeply passionate about is horology, and I'm really into vintage timepieces. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I live in Oakland. Yeah. Um, and uh, I live uh, with my wife, who's also a graphic designer. Oh, very cool. Um, I might add a talented one. <laughs> and, and an eight-year-old who's soon to be nine, who's full of energy, uh, lots of mischief, and very lovable. Perfect. So do you get your wife to critique your work at all? Or is that, is, that a, is that a no-go zone? No, 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 no talk shop kind of thing. No shop talk kind of thing. We have our own. <laughs> we leave our work at, at home. But we have, you know, we both are designers. So uh, at, at home also when we're doing things or adding things to our, our, our apartment, uh, yeah. it's, always, it's almost like a design process. And it's, it's good that we both have very similar aesthetics. So that works out. <laughs> Yeah, that works out. Can you imagine if that they were opposite, battling out? Who- <laughs> <laughs> that would be more. Perfect. So you have been with Affinity, you said, for the last seven years. Right. But you've been in the industry 16 years. So what were you doing before Affinity? Uh, I was at a design firm in San Francisco, pretty much doing the same thing, uh, packaging for wine and spirits. Uh, and it's funny that uh, the way I got into it was I had a project in school, and we were asked to just take any package off the shelf and redesign it and you know how would you enhance it how would you redesign it and i took a wine label a, a wine package and i'm like oh, i'm going to change it change this up and uh, little did i know uh, that kind of opened up a whole nother world for me i didn't know that you know working on such a small real estate that that this whole niche market of design that you are that you have to be creative and you know as these are sitting on the shelf, they have to stand out from one another. And it was fun. Definitely. And that's been the way wine has been for years with most people is that the label is what is what's attracting somebody to look at it, pick it up. And once it's picked up and in your hand, that's likely to be a purchase. Exactly. I think at that price point, especially when you're shopping on shelves is if you're not, if you're into wine, but you're not really educated in wine, that's fine. The package is doing the selling. When mm-hmm. when you go into higher end wines, then you then you kind of know what wines you like and you don't like. So you kind of go in that and you go to those brands directly. There's sort of two different consumers, like two different com- completely different consumers. Most people, I believe, are in the category of 
I'm going to my friend's house. Let's just pick up a bottle of wine. And they're not going to yeah. spend $80 on a really good quality yeah. bottle of wine. They're going yeah. for something in the 20 to $30 territory. And they're looking for a really unique label that's going to be entertaining and tell a story. It'll have a conversation piece and yeah. it'll be a conversation and piece of the party. But if I'm going to open an $80 bottle of wine, I'm going to keep it to myself and drink it and keep it to very close, close people. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I hope your wife hears this and goes that, well, he's not going to share the $80 bottle with me. <laughs> I'll share it with her. <laughs> okay, there you go. She gets the pass. <laughs> she gets the pass. <laughs> so what I love about the wine and spirits and even the, the beer industry is it started with wine where the label did the selling. Yeah. And as craft beer grew and grew, it used to be the Coronas, the the Molsons, the, the, Budweiser's. the Budweiser's, like that's yeah. what you bought. But as craft beer grew and grew and grew, you ended up in this territory where all of a sudden craft beer was being sold by the label as well. Mm-hmm. because you had mm-hmm. so much more selection, so much more different things. What looks cool? What's a great conversation piece? Oh, yeah. Craft beers have come so far, so long now mm-hmm. because, you know, all of these, especially in the Bay Area, we're so spotted with so many craft beer uh, breweries, mm-hmm. and they all have these amazing designs, and and they have these digital printed directly, and then they print, uh, stick it right on the can. Yeah. And, you know, every every third week they have a limited edition IPA or a stout or a pilsner, mm-hmm. you know, and it's amazing. Yeah. Definitely. And now you're seeing that creep into the spirits world, mm-hmm. with the craft spirits, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of process of, yeah, you have a great spirit that's different than buying the mass-produced Smirnoff, things like that, but the label needs to do some selling for you as well. Oh, oh definitely. Because you're, there's so many labels on the shelf fighting for your attention you have to bring Mm -hmm. something different you have to bring something new you have to bring something unique to grab your attention definitely so santosh i'm interested in unpacking this now a little bit um i want to kick it all the way back to childhood what was your childhood like and do you feel that you had a creative childhood that started you on this you know design or creative career path absolutely i think um yeah i'll answer this in two in two steps but i think Growing up, you know, in the 80s, um, you had toys and then you had the toy. Mm-hmm. And the, the toy for me was uh, the He-Man. I don't know if you remember, but He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I remember he well. Yep. Oh, my goodness. So that and I had this whole obsession with uh, cars, Hot Wheel cars. And that was it. That was my happy place. You could leave me in a room in a corner with these, and I would just sit and draw them, make my own world up, and you know I could create my own characters. And I think it really kind of started. I remember that as something that I would spend hours and and just get me some food. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So that's where it kind of really started. But I think I have to give kudos to my mom and really give her. She was my champion, basically, and she really encouraged me. Um, she would line up art art lessons during summer breaks for us, and mm-hmm. she would encourage me to kind of, you know, continue with my sketching and drawing processes. Mm-hmm. And she was really the one who who pushed me to go to art school. And, you know, growing up in India, it was always very academically sort of leaning. Yes, um, which and, I've heard you know, before. It's, 
Yeah, it's always been like, you know, you study well, you go to good schools, you get good grades, and you become a doctor, engineer, and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and you know, art was an industry, uh, industry, I mean, design was an industry there, but it was never looked upon as a, uh, you know, career path. You it's a great for a hobby, but, you know, it seemed like it was it was still not right there. And, and yeah. I think my mom was really the one who kind of put her foot down, you know, and I had a family business that my father and grandfather had had you know grown for for a long time and i would it would have been very natural for me to kind of just join the business and be part of the business but my inclination was always i was always more inclined towards art and you know creating and even so funny back in back in boarding school um i i I think as few of my friends can actually thank me for you know completing their art aspect of their assignments because i would sit and do that for them (laughs) Yeah. yeah, totally. And that's, you know, I've heard that before, how the design and creative industry, well, it is a thing in India. It's yeah. does, it's not viewed with the same prowess as engineering mm-hmm. and becoming a doctor and mm-hmm. those sort of, you know, I don't even know what the right term is, but those, those really high-end sounding um, right. careers, right? The prestigious career path. The prestigious careers will give you good salary and you'll make a lot of money, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to hear that you know your mom was on the supportive side of you wanting to pursue the creative. Absolutely. Because that isn't always the case. It's usually take it's usually work for you to convince them that no, this is legit. I think if my dad had his way, he would have been like, nope, just come to the business. We'll you know show yeah. you the ropes, mm-hmm. and you know, and then you know. But I think he came around. And my grandfather was old school, and mm-hmm. so he was like, "You have a business. Why? Why would you do something else? You have it set. You can just come in and and learn the ropes." Yeah. But I think I think everybody, including my grandfather, kind of saw the the joy I was having yeah. doing. I, I actually started working at an ad agency and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And and he he actually everybody came around, which really made me feel. That's really awesome. Good about what I'm doing makes it a lot easier to pursue. And it does make it right? make it a lot easier. Totally. That's great. So what, what age did you come over to North America? Uh, 24. Okay. So you I were 24. In, yeah, I came in 2002. I actually do remember the date, June 6th, 2002. To, you landed on North American hey, soil. North uh, San Francisco airport. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah. did you have a job lined up when you came out here or did you come out looking for that? No, actually. Um, so right out of school in, in India, after art school, I got a job at an ad agency. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was creative field. I'm like, great, it'll be fun to kind of try it out. Um, I worked there for two and a half years. And the interesting part was it was predominantly ad. Uh, it was an ad-based agency, but we would often get projects for branding and packaging and somehow I gravitated toward, gravitated towards it, and it, towards the end of it, it almost became like, oh, it's a branding packaging project. Give it to Santosh. You know, he'll he'll be totally into it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was really kind of understanding or enjoying what I was what I was doing. And Academy of Art here in San Francisco, this one year, one time had this um, program where you could send in your portfolio. You could be a student, you could be a professional, you send mm-hmm. in a portfolio and you could get a hundred percent grant for a nice. semester. And I and I got the hundred percent grant oh, for a semester. For so I'm like, you know what? I'll try it out. I'll go over there six months and, and get a taste of the West and see what it is like to be there. Yeah. And uh 
been here ever since, enjoyed it thoroughly, and then was able to secure a job here. And yeah, and the rest is history, as they say. Very cool. You just made yourself comfortable in California. Yep. California has <laughs> been there pretty much. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Golden State. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, so Santos, I want to know then through this creative career um, from advertising agencies in India to coming over here and pursuing over here, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw along the way, maybe even earlier in your career and has just stuck with you since? Uh, I can say actually... Now that I'm thinking back, I can say that it it's it's a dying experience. What I'm talking about is album covers mm. and 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 viewing those you know in the store, mm-hmm. lining up, uh, showing up and seeing the new album section and going through the your art, looking for the artist that you're that you're hoping that has a new album. Mm-hmm. And I remember so distinctly and i don't know why and why these albums come into my mind but uh you know it was guns and roses use the illusion uh the the red and orange uh covers with the type running the mm-hmm. condensed type running across on, on vertically but i remember that you know it was so exciting just to even look at the cover because it was almost like what it's a window into what you're going to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, it is something that you don't experience now. It's, it's, you sample the 30 second snippet on the track online and you download it. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's kind of cut off. So I think, I don't think if I, I knew that this was a graphic design job that somebody didn't, it is obviously done by a graphic designer, but I didn't know that then, but I think there was something very, you know, attractive about it, something very uh, mysterious about it, just picking up the cover, looking at it, before even you put the disc into your player, you mm-hmm. know, you were experiencing it visually, then you experience it through your ears, and then you get the whole, but you yes. have this two, two piece, two art forms coming together. I think that is something I feel really kind of, triggered something or at least sparked a few things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say. You know, there's, yeah. there's crossover to that effect to so many different industries. Um, you know, I love the, your explanation of, you know, you see it and in your mind that creates a perception of what yes. you're about to listen to. And yes. then you listen to it and you could also look at that and analyze that. Does this visually match what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. and make that connection. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is a few people I've interviewed who specialize in the beer industry is when they're creating a label, they're tasting beer while they're coming up with concepts, like they're tasting the product. Mm-hmm. What does this remind me of? What are the nostalgic elements of this to me? Mm-hmm. What flavors am I picking up? Or what are they trying to do with this, with this particular brew? Yeah. And, and so it's that same kind of effect where it's, you know, multiple senses coming together to create a, an aligned experience. Absolutely. And in same thing with, you know, like you're talking about with the beer, you know, could by sipping it, even trying to, in, even before decipher, deciphering the nuances and the taste and the flavor profiles you're getting from it, just by sipping it could take you to a different place or yes. a different memory. So that could be an influence to your artwork. Yep. You know, so I think it is. Uh, it's pretty amazing how how all of these are connected, mm-hmm. and I have to say, not necessarily the covers 
of the CD covers led up to what was inside really kind of uh, lived up to it. But, totally. But, but that's, the, that's the charm of it and that's the surprise of it. So. For sure. Yeah, that that could be like early days, um, you know, over promise, under deliver. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where you buy like some food off the shelf. Look at this packaging. This is amazing. This is gonna be so <laughs> yeah, great. Look at the be... cinnamon swirls are perfectly in there. This is incredible. And you open up the box and like, what is this? Why is that flat and dark looking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This looks burned. What happened? It looks burned. <laughs> um, Santosh, who are a couple designers and brands that you look up to now and closely follow? And what about them do you like? Oh, there's so many designers now, and there's so many artists and uh, topographers and illustrators. Thanks to Instagram, you can mm-hmm. follow an artist in, in Sweden or in in, po- in Poland or in, you know, Tennessee or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think I think there are tons of people I, I really admire, um, and you, you've had a couple on your show as well. But but I think for me, the one I the mo- relate most with is, I mean, you can call him the poster boy of Bauhaus design, uh, form follows functions, is Dieter Rams. Mm. Um, I'm kind of, I you know I struggle uh, struggle between a lot of design disciplines like. Graph design, obviously, but, you know, industrial design, automotive design. So it really kind of fancy, it really takes my fancy. And so I think Dieter Rams, uh, just his, and, and in, in San Francisco, the SF MoMA, they had his uh, exhibit of all his uh, designs that when he was at Braun, when he was the creative director of Braun, how, uh, you know, how he kind of streamlined all the design, how he made everything Everything on the product is what you need and nothing that you don't need, you know, nothing superfluous, nothing, you know, shiny just for the heck of it to call attention. It's mm-hmm. just distilling it down. And I think I try to apply that to my, you know, my design, to my daily life, to mm-hmm. how I work. And, and I think I really feel there's a sense of calm that I get when I kind of try to uh, to approach it in that sense. And so I really kind of feel that he is someone I, I really look up to. Nice. I like that. One of the, one of the legends, the big names in it, I guess you could say. Yeah. One of the big le- legends. And then, you know, there are other companies that have really influenced to have taken influence from, uh, from his, his design aesthetic and, mm-hmm. and have done successfully. And, um, and I think, I think there, you can apply that to pretty much any, anything, any industry, any, um, yeah, I mean, you couldn't apply his his theory to anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel, and you know, talking about um, you know his aesthetics, I think there's a brand that I, I really look up to uh, or at least follow is Nomos. It's a, uh, a watch making brand here out okay. of Germany, and I think they really kind of take his aesthetics, the Bajas aesthetics, and really kind of distill it down to their products, to their design, to their catalogs, to their website. And I think with, with such a minimalism sort of approach comes a very rigorous study of topography, case design, legibility, hierarchy on the, on the dial, good looks. So I think, yep. I think almost really kind of embodies that, that essence really well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Nice name. I haven't, I'm not familiar with their artwork stuff, but I have an image now based on what you've described. Mm-hmm. So after this, I'm going to look it up and see if that yes. is, is the image. So Santosh, this next question, I feel like you're going to have a pretty solid answer for given that you've been in the spirits and label design world for a little while. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about how you have utilized print and packaging design in your career. Um, any special projects that really stand out to you that were printed or, or for packaging? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, in a way, being in the design, in the wine design industry, we're kind of lucky because we get to really play with foils and textures and embossing and, mm. you know, gloss and matte because now the consumers are much more aware of all of these enhancements on on labels when you when you when you see them on on the shelf i feel like consumers understand oh look at this treatment look at this foil they understand paper quality they feel they can see it mm-hmm. so i think this this industry really kind of helped show some of those those enhancements that you can really play up with which i didn't know when i first when i first joined the agency so mm-hmm. and i'll talk about a couple of projects um the first one, I don't have the actual product because it's it's from way back, uh, I think in the mid mid 2000s, in 2006 or something, okay. when I was in my previous agency. Uh, I worked on this package where uh, they were coming out with this restaurant only wine bottle, okay. and so it so it doesn't it didn't have to work hard on the shelf, but it had to really catch your eye. It really had to kind of look appealing, and you know, in the in the super premium sort of category, mm-hmm. priced around 25, 30 bucks. And so um, I can show you the visual if you if if that helps. Um, but yeah, I can also absolutely. describe. I can also describe it for the listeners. You know, it, the bottle is it's a it's a cabernet bottle, so it's a Bordeaux, you know, tall tapered bottle. Oh, cool! And um, I'm just holding up this image for for Dave. But yeah. it basically, it, the the brand name and the varietal kind of makes up the trunk, and uh, the the brand is called Silver Palm, and the top of the of the the palm fronds makes up the top. And if you look closely, I didn't know when I was designing it that this is a possibility, but I could actually use precious metal platinum on the bottle, fire wow. directly on the bottle, along with metallic ink. So I thought this was just fascinating and, and something that I, you have seen these kind of ACL treatments on, on shelves, but I never knew that could be possible, something that I would ever design. And I think the execution just came out fantastic. And uh, it just, and then I think they're still around, but I think then they went onto shelves. Mm-hmm. So I think they've, they've tweaked with the design, which, which we didn't get to do. But, uh, but I think the, the, the treatment still, still exists. For sure. So, yeah. so that, was, that was an exciting, that exciting project to work on. And, but more, more recently, we worked on... Um, this package, I'll show you the before. It's called uh, it's called a VC. Okay. Okay, and it's this cream vanilla color looking label with this yeah. type going across, and you know you see the stacking here, and you know the the product inside is, itself is really good, but the the package doesn't really communicate that, and so they wanted to kind of rejuvenate the brand, add some zest to it, add some uh, really uh, you know shelf pop, and appeal to a younger audience. So. Yeah. What we came up with the was 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 this. Oh wow! Yeah, so what it was a contrast. A pretty, pretty revolutionary change. So I'll describe the the label. It's it, it it's a prosecco, so it's on the on the shorter bottle, um, 
but uh, the label actually, if you look at this, I don't have a printout of the actual inspiration. No, it was an inspiration from a, a vacation that my wife and I were in. Actually, there was a honeymoon. We were in Italy. Nice. And we were we went to multiple, you know, the duomos and the churches and the and the old and the old uh, architecture, you know, looking at looking at those things. And this was actually a similar. The inspiration came from a, a photo of a tile from one of the duomos in the church, which I happened to just kind of browse when we were working on this project, and that that just clicked. And so, if you look closely, all these little tile works are embossed and then we use this silver plaque in the middle for the branding which is matted down so it's really premium it's not gaudy mm-hmm. but it definitely catches your eye definitely so you you get the before and after wow what a difference effect. yeah so this is something i'm pretty proud of and this is i think it's just rolling out into the market and i think it'll really do well that's cool those are great ones thank you so much for sharing those santosh yeah of course. so the next few questions i have for you I have to drag you through the mud a little bit, pull up some bad stories, and then um, we'll quickly get through it together, and then we'll turn it around and end in a happy place here. Sounds good. So what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging, and how did you get through it? (laughs) So challenging, I I don't think it was directly related to my career, but... I feel it's changing today is uh, somehow we've, or at least, and I'm talking just personal, but I think we've become sort of a lazy bunch now because everything is available by a click of of a mouse on online or even a voice command. So, you know, now you can, you don't even have to move your finger. You can just command it and it shows up. What I'm trying to get to is, you know, it's, and and I absolutely will not, you know, I use them, to, to the most, but I'm talking about like Pinterest and, and, and Instagram and stuff, that sometimes you do searches and you really, sh- it, the results are like design ready. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's the solution that I really want for my product, but I can't use it because somebody already has done it. So I feel, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that the challenge is where, you know, you have to take what you saw now mm-hmm. plus 20 other results that have shown up and still make it different. So there's a challenge there. But I feel like somehow there's always something influenced by something which is some influenced by another thing which is influenced by another thing. And I feel like that, I feel like it's challenging because there's only so many ways you can do an oak tree or a grape wine or, uh, or something. But ha- having them show up on Pinterest, you, you almost feel like, oh my goodness, somebody's actually solved it and it looks better, or that's exactly what I was thinking of, and I gotta do something different. So I feel like that's that's challenging. And and I think also it we we're experiencing everything through a screen now. Mm-hmm. I feel like and at least for me, I would I wanna I want to find a balance, maybe you know, step out, go to a museum. I don't think last time I went to a museum and we have like so many museums in the Bay Area, and I'm like, especially in San Francisco, and I'm like, I don't think the last time I went there. So I think I feel the challenge is to find a balance of how you can, even by walking out on the streets, you get you get sounds and, and sights and something that might spark something and inspire you with something that you're not necessarily getting from your digital screen, and uh, and I feel like that is something that would be going forward would be a great thing to achieve uh, to find that, 
that happy happy balance. Totally, I can see that where you you look something up on online, but you almost that becomes just your first reaction rather than I'm going to take myself away from this and go exactly. see what else is out in the world and mm-hmm. see what that brings me. What kind of value um, and inspiration and creativity inspiration. that brings me versus you know using using a screen when we're locked into screens all the time. Uh, absolutely, and you know, and people are commuting, they're challenging, they're driving, they're have, they manage the kids, you know, uh, schedules and all stuff. So I, I see that why people go and, and I do that and I'm completely guilty of doing that. But, uh, but it, it is something that I think we have to step back and be like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's not just see what's the first 10, 10 results or 20 results that come up. Let's kind of pull back and let's see what else can we bring to this table. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that I think if I, at least if I worked on, on that, I think the results would be even deeper and even more richer, I think. Totally. Yeah. All right, Santosh, I want to get a little bit more specific now. I want to hear about a specific design or project that you were a part of mm-hmm. that um, just did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? What did that feel like? Can you take us to that story? Uh I'm going to keep the names anonymous, sure. but, um, <laughs> but we, uh, we were approached to do, um, an identity for a client and, uh, which went surprisingly like click, click round one, minor changes and boom. I'm like, wow, that was good. But <laughs> doesn't uh, happen often. What happened? Okay, what's going to happen now? <laughs> yeah. But I think it was, it was getting saved up for the second half of it. But, uh, where, uh, after that, you know, they wanted obviously, uh, uh, a digital presence and, um, you know, they were like, you know what, just here's, uh, uh, Squarespace, you take a template, you know, slap our, our elements on it and call it a day. I'm like, okay. And so, um, we we did that and I had to do a crash course because I had never done Squarespace. So that was a, a challenging <laughs> um, experience, but we figured it out. And after round one, it was like, oh, maybe can you do this? But I'm like, that's not part of the template. So can you modify that? Then can you modify this? Can you modify that? So instead of just going with a custom website from the beginning, it became, you know, can you custom that? Can you custom that? Can you custom this? And and in the end, it kind of became a hodgepodge of a template which had these custom elements just jammed into it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I think it would have been a, a smoother pro- I mean, the, in the end result, everybody was happy. Um, so that was good. But I think just the journey getting there, I think it would have been easier just to go with, hey, you know what, let's do a custom. I want these, these, these options. I want you know, these pull down menus and stuff like that, which you don't necessarily find in, in the templates. So I think that was sort of <laughs> a little, little frustrating, but I think in the end it, every turn, it turned out uh, good. So everybody is happy. Gotcha. Yeah. So having a bunch of knowledge of the print world, mm-hmm. um, and I know that you've been involved in that world with label creation and label print. Yep. I'm sure you've done some press checks and all of that sort yes. of thing. Yes. Um, have you ever had an experience where you get to a press check and it is just not at all what you are going for, what the customer is going for? Can you 
tell me just a little bit about that. No client names, no printer names, but just what was that experience like and how did that end? So we, um, this is looking back at, at my previous agency, we showed up to the press check 9, 9.30 in the morning. Uh, you know, it was, a couple, it was an hour and a half drive out uh, from the city. Uh, we get there, they're not up and running. We were like, okay, how long will that take? Uh, it'll take maybe a couple of hours. I'm like, okay. We had a, luckily we had a computer, so we really, we could continue working. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and my uh, uh, and my production uh, director, and then you know, a few hours later, it's up and running. The colors are completely off, even though we've signed off on proofs. This kind of went on, and we we were there for we were there all day and then they were like oh we've, we've got to read we, we got to redo the plates so that's going to take us an x amount it'll be ready at 3 a.m in the morning and so we had to get a hotel stay at the place and we were like okay when it's ready 3 a.m you give us a call so 3 a.m in the morning we're getting up getting ready going to the to the press and making sure it's it's working out and i think by the end of it there was there was some serious tension in the, in the in the space because they were not really getting what we were look we were what we had signed off on, mm-hmm. and the funny part is we were signed off on it, so they should have a, be able to achieve it, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it just became really kind of tense, and this was still when I was new at that agency, so so um, you know my obviously my, my production director is is a wizard we call him the wizard he really knows print really well, and so he was like. This is this is BS, and you know, you somebody's gonna have to listen to this, and it kind of got a little. But um, but that was probably the most intense intense uh, press check I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think at the end the result came out okay. Uh, they managed it, but it that just. Two days were just a little. Yeah, that really speaks to you know the relationships with your vendors and yes, and also um, you know being clear on expectations. But would you say it's fair to say that the majority of press checks you go in, you say that looks great, or you tweak one little thing, and boom, happy days, we're off to the races. Uh, a majority of press checks, and maybe you tweak a couple of things, and maybe add a little you know yellow and the red is feeling to pink or you know so you do a few of those steps and i think and i think also going in as a designer and a production a uh, production guy he he really kind of knows what what you need to tell him okay do this to get to this cuz you want to give him cuz sometimes you know obviously the press operators and they're 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 very familiar with the workings of the press but mm-hmm. I think if you go in with you know do this and it'll ha- it'll this will come you'll get this result, you'll get to that result quicker than, mm. than saying that I don't like this change it or I don't like it. But if you go in with I don't like it maybe you add a little yellow to that I think you'll get to that. I think it just it just makes everybody work quicker and more efficiently. Mm, just communication and guidance. Just communication and guidance and um, on the opposite end of it I know we're not talking about the good stuff we're talking we're digging up all the dirt but we actually I have to. Got a, had an opportunity to go to Italy for a press check oh, in wow. 2006. So I'm like, that was a score. That's <laughs> that awesome. Good. That was a good press check. <laughs> nice win. Yeah. Um, well, your timing is right because I'm going to turn the bus around here. And I want to hear now about the project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, Santosh. Oh, um, I think 
I'm going to answer this two ways again. Uh, the first project is obviously, it's almost like your first kiss. It's the first project that you see actually printed yeah. and on the shelf. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and you know, it, it's a brand that's still around and they've gone through a few iterations, but I think it was about a year and a half I was at the agency and finally I was able to really work on a full-fledged project and uh, boom, it was it was something that we I, I designed and with minimal tweaks, it was just approved and and it was this extension and it extended through like 13 varietals. So you had all these colors that I had to work on and and seeing that on shelf is one of the best feelings. I think all designers can agree with that, whether it's a wine label, whether it's, you know, food product, it's, it's whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think um, seeing your first package on the shelf was pretty amazing. I that's think awesome. that, was, that well, was pretty. It is, and that's spoken to be to be your first anything in print. Yes, that you have seen in digital world for so long, yeah. and then you've seen in proofs, but it's not quite the right thing. And then you get the finished booklet, the finished piece in your hand. Mm -hmm. That's a memory that sticks with them. For that's sure. a memory. I think that was that would be one, and I think the second one is actually not even not even. Uh, Part of graphic design, it's, it's um, I think in the beginning of the show, I mentioned that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an automotive enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And so back in, in the mid 2000s, um, Motor Trend and, you know, the other, these, these car magazines, and you w would hold a uh, design challenge contest where, you know, you, they, would, they would put up a theme and uh, you have like, I think two months and it's open to students, professionals, anybody who can participate and mm -hmm. send in any designs. And if your designs get selected, then you go forward. And so 2009, the, that, that year Michelin, the, the tire company, Michelin had this design uh, contest where you could send in your, your design. And uh, my design was selected nice. to be unveiled at the Detroit Auto Show in 2009. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, you know, obviously, uh, my design was, was, it was a 2D, so they had print, they had these large format printed uh, printouts that mm -hmm. they had my design on and a bunch of other designers um, that were all up on the wall. But we got to go to Detroit, my wife and I, and we were there in in February. It was snowing and it was yeah. pounding there. I was on the wall and I could not believe. It. And here's the kicker: the the judge out there was was uh, talking to all of us. This is before the the unveil of the design, and he said that you're the only graphic designer amongst the eleven industrial designers whose designs are on the wall. I'm like, huh? All right. I got something here. That feels good. <laughs> that feels good. So that was that was a fun. That was a really fun. So I think that really tickles me and really kind of feels like wow, that was exciting. That's great, Santos. That's such a cool experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question, my friend. That is where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can okay. ask them anything. So Sounds my last guest, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, was Jess Goldsmith. She's a graphic designer and illustrator out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, mm -hmm. The name of her uh, studio or freelance business is Chick of All Trade. And she wanted to ask you, 
What is your work-life balance like? What is my work-life balance like? Do you, I, do you have one? Do you think work is winning? Do you think life is winning? <laughs> uh, I think my bosses will be happy that if I say my, my work is winning, but I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that's a, that's a, uh, that's a thing that I'm still working on. I don't think I have a perfect life, uh, work life balance. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I think it's like a pendulum. I think it swings from left to right. I think work sometimes when there's, you know, shit that you got to get done, you got to get done. So however you do it, you just have to do it. But I think, um, I want to find, that's a good question. I want to find, and I think it's important for everybody to find a work life balance because they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be, you know, all work. You can't be all just, you know, put your leg up on the couch or, you know, just be uh, spending your time doing other things. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, and and they influence each other, right? Agreed. When you have a great day, like go for a hike, and you you come back at the end, of the day, you're like, ah, oh, that was so feel that feels so good. And you come you come into Monday morning, and you're like, yes, you know, I'm ready to be here. But mm -hmm. and but if you're if you're at on the on the opposite end, if you've given a project your full, and you feel like I give everything, I put everything out there, and the client, you know, goes with whatever you put out or not. That's different, but at least you feel you get that satisfaction that you know I, I gave my effort and now I can really have a great weekend. I can really go out and enjoy my weekend. So I think mm -hmm. I think they both help the other, so you can enjoy it more thoroughly. You can actually feel more good about yourself doing and giving both. Definitely, uh, no, I best. couldn't agree yeah. more because there's something to yeah. be said about the the sense of accomplishment with work. Yes. And that sense of accomplishment, being able to put you at ease and be able to be all in when it is that lifetime, totally. that family time. Totally. So, Santosh, what is the question that you would like me to ask the next guest? Cool. Um, my question is, um, and I, I'll be honest, it's not an original question because I've heard it before, but I think it always gives amazing original answers and interesting answers. So okay. uh, the question is, if you had to go to dinner with three people, mm -hmm. who would you invite? Could it be, it could be a family member, it could be a celebrity, it could be a designer, it could be somebody you look up to, it could be somebody who's, you know, moved on or still uh, living Hill and Hardy, and then why would you invite those three people? All right, if you had to go to dinner with three people, or if you got to go to dinner with three people, anybody, alive or dead, who would they be and why? Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, I've heard it before, but you're definitely right. It brings out different, unique answers for everybody. It totally does. Awesome. Santosh, you've reached the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, okay. I didn't lie. What an amazing interview. What a great episode. Santosh really brought it and shared the stories and the wins and the fails. Oh, I love it all. Love it all. Um, if you have not yet, head over to summit.davetalksprint.com and pick up your free ticket to the Simply Profitable Design Summit. It might not all be for you, but there will be something in there that you will pick up on and really, really take advantage of and implement in your business that will definitely help and improve things. 
30 plus speakers. There's bound to be an expert that you can learn something from. Pick up your free ticket, summit.davetalksprint.com.